We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I want us to look tonight, we'll look briefly at Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter number 5. We'll begin reading in verse number 12, Acts chapter 5 and verse number 12. The Word of God is, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and to the rest durst no man join himself to them. But the people magnified them. And the believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. Just as Brother Curtis mentioned to us, when the work of the Lord Jesus Christ is being done, there will be those who are not happy about it. In verse 18, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the chief priests came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keeper standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple, and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Of course, they're speaking of Jesus, whom they had crucified. Verse 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers hath raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Notice, if you would please, in verse 32, And we are his witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. And when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. 
Then stood there up one in the council of Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space, and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thutis, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about four hundred, joined themselves, who was slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone, for if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught, but if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed, and when they called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. I want you to notice that phrase we mentioned in verse 32. We are his witnesses. That is who we are. We are a group of people who have received the message of salvation, who have by faith responded to that message, and who have been born again by the wonderful power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are filled and dwelt in by the Holy Ghost. We are God's people. And as a church family, we have joined ourselves together to carry out the work of the Great Commission. That's the work of the church. That's what caused Brother Miss Curtis over 40 years ago to leave Hickory, North Carolina, and go to England and give their lives to the work of the Lord. And we see the fruits of their labor, and we rejoice with them in it. The Word of God says, Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. That was the word of the Lord Jesus to his disciples. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, he said, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. Witnesses in Hickory, North Carolina. Witnesses in the United Kingdom. In Luke 24 and verse 48, Jesus said to his disciples, Ye are witnesses of these things. In other words, you have seen them. And Peter said, we have seen him with our own eyes. We've touched him with our hands. We've felt him. We've heard him with our own ears. They were witnesses. And what does a witness do? A witness tells what he has seen and what he has heard. And that is the responsibility of the church. That's why we set aside October for Missions Month. It is a great reminder to us. It's a great help for us to emphasize that this is what we are about. Not only, though, getting the gospel to souls in England and across the world, and that is something we need to be involved in, but I would say to get the gospel right here in our community. Now, there are many, many churches in Hickory, North Carolina, and uh, 
I've never seen, I've never lived in a community where there were so many Lutheran churches. And there are a number of Baptist churches. But there are many, many souls in our town and in the greater Hickory metro area who do not know the, the, the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And we have a responsibility to represent him, to be his witnesses. As the apostle said in verse 32, we are his witnesses of these things. Because we know him, because he has touched us and changed our lives and forgiven us of our sin and given us a home in heaven, because of what God has done in our lives, we have been commissioned to tell other people what he can do in theirs. This is the work that he's given us to do. Now, I just want to point out some things tonight, and I pray God will use them in our hearts. First of all, I want you to notice the place of their witness. The place of their witness. In verse number 12, the Bible said, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. That's where the witness is, among the people. Not just inside the walls of the auditorium or in the confines of the Sunday school class, but in the community where we live, we are to proclaim the message of the gospel. And they were among the people, the Bible tells us. In verse number 13, And of the rest their snowman joined himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. You see, when we take the message of the gospel out among the people, we will see people saved. So how do we get the message out? Well, we tell the story that we have to tell. We proclaim the message that we have to proclaim. What is that message? It is the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. This is the responsibility that God has given to us. So we are to take the message of the gospel among the people. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's what the Apostle Paul said. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to the sinner. He came to the sick. He came to the sorrowful. He came to the Samaritan and to all. You see, God crosses all lines, all racial lines, ethnic lines, all social lines. God loves all men. Jesus Christ died for all men. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And it's our responsibility going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So I want you to see the place of their witness among the people. And I want to ask you a question tonight. Where is the place of your witness? What, what area has God placed you in? What group of people does God allow you to live around, to shop around, to work around, uh, to, to, to live in this community around? Who is it that God has allowed you to, to, to live among so that you can proclaim the message of Jesus Christ? The place of their witness. Then I want you to see, secondly, the power of their witness. The power of their witness. The Bible said, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought. Now remember, we're in the infant stage of the church. 
the first century, and the apostles had sign gifts. These sign gifts authenticated their message. These were the men who the Holy Spirit would give the words of Scripture to. They are the men who penned the New Testament. And until they penned that New Testament, God authenticated their words by giving them these sign gifts. And of course, among them were healing and performing miracles. And we read of that in these verses. But what we find is that when the gospel is proclaimed, lives are changed. Lives are changed. You say, does that mean the miracles don't happen anymore? No, the miracles are happening today. They're not manifest in the same way. We don't need sign gifts anymore because that which is perfect is come. We have a copy of God's Word. God's full revelation has been given to us. And so if you hear someone on television who's claiming that he can heal you, if you'll send him money, he'll send you an anointed cloth. Don't listen to that guy. Don't send your money to that man. The power of God is in the soul-saving business. Now, God can heal. Absolutely, He can heal. But I want you to understand, the commission of the church is to get the gospel message to a lost and dying world. And so, the greatest power that we're seeing uh, among us today is the power of a changed life. We saw the testimonies on video of people who have been saved in the church there. And I imagine if we put together a video over the last 82 years of the history of our church, we would see many powerful images and testimonies of people who would talk about how that they heard the message of the gospel and that they were saved and that their lives were changed, how that their marriages were restored, how that they came through a crisis, how faithful God was in the midst of it all, how good God's people were to them. You see, that's the power of a changed life. We also have the power of the gospel. Paul said in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You see, if we want to see people saved, we have to present the gospel. The message of Christ's death, he died for all men, he was buried, and he rose again triumphant over death and hell and the grave and gives eternal life to all who will believe. That's the soul-saving message of the gospel. Jesus died for us so that we might have eternal life. That message needs to be given and declared. There's the power of a present Savior. The Lord Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Do you believe that tonight? Jesus Christ said, I will never leave you nor forsake thee. In Mark chapter 16 and verse number 19, the Bible says this, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. After he gave the commission to his disciples, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth, that's his disciples, and preached everywhere. I love this statement in verse 20. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. You see, when we go and when we tell people about what Jesus has done for us, when we proclaim the message of the gospel, we have the Savior present with us, and he is working with us. We're not alone. The Curtises didn't go to the UK alone. 
the Lord is with them. And tomorrow as you go to work, the Lord is with you. And when you tell that neighbor, or you tell that coworker, or you tell someone in that shopping center about Jesus and you give them a gospel track, I want you to know you're not doing it alone. The Lord is with you. And he's working with you. What a precious thing it is to work with him. Then there's the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You see, we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, that power that enables us with our shyness and our, our fear and our stumbling words, that, that power within us that allows us to proclaim the message of Christ, that opens the ears of the sinner and the heart of the sinner and brings them to salvation. We have the power of the gospel. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have all that we need to do the work God has called us to do. We see in Philippians the power of a unified church. You read all about that through the book of Acts, that the church was of one mind and one accord. In Philippians 1 and verse 27, the Bible says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. And whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Do you know what will render our witness ineffective? It is division and strife among God's people. But as God's people are humble and walking with the Lord and filled with love and grace and mercy and forgiveness as they bear uh, the, the image of Christ in their lives, they will, they will be a unified church. And they can strive together with one mind and we'll see what God will do when we have the, the unified church and the power of God upon it. So we see the place of their witness among the people. We see the power of their witness. And then I want you to see the priority of their witness. The priority of their witness. Look in verse 27 of this fifth chapter of the book of Acts. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in, his, in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. I, I don't think anyone can accuse us yet of filling hickory with our doctrine. That means we got work to do, doesn't it? And so they said, wait a minute, we told you guys to stop. We don't want to hear this anymore. Verse 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. They were serious about obeying God's commission, weren't they? You see, we have a responsibility to carry the message of the gospel to a lost and dying world, and that has to be the priority of the Tabernacle Baptist Church. We cannot lose sight of that priority. Programs are not more important than the message of the gospel. Social events and gatherings and, and uh, prayer change and all these things that are a part of our church and are necessary and good, uh, they cannot replace they cannot come before our responsibility to carry the message of the gospel to this community. 
And as we enter into this Mission Emphasis Month, as we look forward to Promise Sunday, as we, can, as we continue to pray and, and to ask God what He would have us to do, as we look forward to this project and what God will do through it, we got to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is telling people about Jesus. We need to arm ourselves with gospel literature. We need to make friends. We need to make our home an open place for people to gather and, and entertain and speak to people about the Lord. We, we're going to have to go out of the way to, to make friends in this world. It's going to take more than just a knock at the door and just handing out a gospel tract. It's going to take an investment, a commitment on our part to love people and communicate with people and bear patiently with them to bring them to a soul-saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. There are many reasons we fail to witness. Let me give you just a few. Doubt. We don't think God can use us. Moses thought that, didn't he? You got the wrong man, Lord. I, I, I'm not eloquent. They won't believe me. But God has called us and God has enabled us. So put your trust in him and obey him. Here's a second one, dread. I mean fear. That's what I'm talking about. You mean I'm supposed to go and talk to somebody about their soul? Yes, that's our responsibility. And by the way, we've been commissioned by God to do it, so we have every right to do that. Now, we need to be wise about how we make that approach, and we need to make sure that people know, as Brother Curtis said, that we love them and we genuinely care. That's why those relationships are good things to build with people. That'll give us more open doors and more opportunities. But we are often fearful. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Proverbs 29 and verse 25, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord should be saved. You see, when we're filled with fear, the fear of what men will say and what men will think, or the fear of we might not be able to communicate clearly, and, and we may mess it up, by the way, our mess-up is better than nothing at all. You don't have to have a doctorate in divinity to be able to speak to somebody about what God has done for you. Do you know you're saved tonight? Would you say amen? Can you tell somebody about it? Can you make a commitment to take a gospel track and memorize the scripture and, and be able to present the message of the gospel in a logical way? Any of us can do that if we work at it. If it's a priority for us, we can do it with the help of God. Dread. Then there's defilement, our own sin. David's sin had to, be able, had to be dealt with before he was able to witness. He said in Psalm 51, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. And so if there's sin in our lives, let's make confession of it. Let's get it right. Let's get it under the blood. And let's go forward for the grace of God. How about discouragement? That's another tool the devil uses against us. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And when you knock on somebody's door and they slam the door in your face and tell you I'm not interested, 
when you talk to an, a loved one and they say, I, I really don't want to hear you talk about that anymore. You say, well, I did what I'm supposed to, but it didn't work. <laughs> no, it did work. And just keep doing it. And don't quit. And be not weary in well-doing, because the Bible says in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Then there's distraction. We get distracted from our purpose. We get so much going on in our, our lives. We're busy. We've got so many cares and concerns, so many temptations. Even distractions that are good things can draw us away from our priority. And so let's remember the priority of our witness. And then fourthly, I want you to see the persistence of their witness. The persistence of it. Notice in verse 42, and daily. How often did they witness? Daily. Because they were witnesses. And because they were witnesses, they couldn't help but witness. And so who they are became what they did. And who we are ought to affect what we do on a daily basis and daily in the temple and in every house. They ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Now, they were tested to see if they would persist. You know, the Lord will allow us to be tested to prove the sincerity of our commitments and our faithfulness to him. And they were tested in three areas. First of all, in verses 18 through 25, when they were imprisoned, they passed the prison test. They were put into jail for preaching the message of the gospel. Now, the Lord delivered them, but they passed the prison test. When they got out of jail, what did they do? Did they go home and say, man, I'm going to have a nice meal and sleep in my bed tonight? No, they went right back to the place God had sent them, and they continued preaching the same message. They passed the prison test. Then secondly, they passed the perseverance test. They passed the perseverance test. They, 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 they endured difficulty and trial and tribulation. They endured uh, the, the resistance of the people. It was a difficult task, but nevertheless, they persevered. And may God help us to persevere. And then in verse number 40, they passed the persecution test. The Bible says, and to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them. You say, man, America's getting pretty bad. Persecution against Christians. We haven't gotten to this point yet. By the way, there are places all over the world where they're way beyond this point. They beat them. Why? because they preach the message of the gospel. I wonder how many soft-served Christians will be able to endure when that happens. People who want to quit the church because they got their feelings hurt. Somebody said something they didn't like. They weren't acknowledged. They were overlooked. They feel underappreciated. And they decide, I'm through with this place. These men were beaten for doing what? For preaching the gospel. And then they were commanded by the leaders, by the officials, 
that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. So what did they do? Well, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus. They passed the prison test. They passed the perseverance test. And they passed the persecution test. The persistence of their witnesses. We are witnesses of these things. Let's ask the Lord to help us. To renew our commitment to carrying his message again. To speaking boldly in his name. Let's ask the Lord to enable us to find our place of witness. Where is it? Where is that place of witness? Who are the people? See the faces of those that God has placed you around on a daily or weekly or perhaps a monthly, uh, a monthly rotation. And those are people that need the Lord. Do you have someone on that, like that on your heart tonight? Well, let's get to the place of witness. And as we get to that place, let's be soul conscious. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to make us soul conscious. Let's remember the power of our witness. We have so many things at our disposal. The power of a changed life. The power of the gospel. The power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of a unified church. Let's ask the Lord to help us renew our priority. We get distracted. We get drawn away. We're filled with doubt and fear. But let's ask God to help us remember what this church is about, what his church is about, and what our responsibility is. I said to you a few weeks ago, sometimes the obvious dawns on me again. It's like Kellogg's cornflakes a few years ago. They had a, a, a marketing campaign and said, Kellogg's cornflakes, taste them again. For the first time. In other words, it's an old forgotten box of cereal. And they wanted to renew the consciousness of people to remember that Kellogg's cornflakes were pretty good cereal. Well, if you put bananas in them, they're all right. Slice some bananas, pour some cold, I mean, really cold milk. They're pretty good. Taste them again for the first time. Let's ask God to help us reestablish our priority, who we are and what we're here to do. And then let's be persistent at it. Let's stay at it. Let's, let's survive some of the tests. And we'll see God do great things. Amen? You don't go somewhere for 40 years and minister through difficult conditions and hostile situations unless you're persistent and faithful, and God has proven himself, and God has proven himself here, and God wants to prove himself in your life. We are his witness. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you and thank you once again for listening.